I scream, you scream, we all scream for quality science fiction and fantasy content. For an extra scoop of sword and lasery goodness, go to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And we drink things. Sometimes we do. You were drinking something interesting. I am. I found this at the grocery store today, and I thought, well, I'm going to snap that up and drink it on the show. It's Shilling Hard Cider. Mm-hmm. Rhubarb Lumberjack. Rhubarb Lumberjack. What does Rhubarb a lumberjack taste like? Lumberjack. Well, I don't know what a lumberjack tastes like, but this is, by the way, vegan and gluten-free. Um, it's kind of sparkling. It's like a sparkling cider, which really threw me off when I first sipped it. And they say it's made with apples. So even though it says rhubarb, it's definitely an apple cider, but it's got a rhubarb flavor. It's very dry and very tart, but very good. I like cider, and it is a plus that it's gluten-free. I don't – sometimes I get a little stuffy when I drink beer. Yeah. I don't think I have a gluten intolerance or anything, but I get a little stuffed up. It doesn't yeah. seem to happen with cider as much. Right, because you don't got the glutes in there. It's good is for that, your glutes. It's good for yeah. your glutes? Oh, yeah. oh so I can continue, I can work out and also <laughs> drink cider, and I'll be I'll just build exactly. up my glutes? Yeah, you don't even have to work out. You just drink this and, Go and your glutes. Go straight to the glutes. Yeah. Uh, They have a recipe on the side of the can for something called the axe grinder, because rhubarb lumberjack, Mm -hmm. 1.5 ounces of gin, six ounces of rhubarb lumberjack, float with tonic over ice in a lumberjack-sized glass. That's not a ton of gin. That's less than a shot. No. I might try that next time. We'll see. I think you should. I like the theme. I feel like you need. Do you have one of those like lumberjack hats, the like red and white checkered? Oh, I need to, no, I don't think I have anything. Like, of all the hats that I have, I don't think I have that. Oh, it's too bad. I'm just drinking bullet rye. That's what I have around the house. You no, know, it's a classic. It never makes me feel sick. It always makes me sleep well. God, I sound like a. Um, I'm rye fine. whiskey, rye whiskey, rye I'm whiskey. Fine. You cry if you don't have rye whiskey. You surely will die. I don't know if that's true. I don't feel like it's you don't, at that level. See, then you're fine. Then you're yeah, fine. fine. You don't I'm have fine. anything I'm to worry fine. about. I'm fine. Yeah. Um, no, but anyway, yeah, just bullet rye, just to, just for fun, just for funsies. Had some good I'll pizza drink tonight. I'll rye whiskey and corn whiskey too. The ones who don't like it can leave me alone. That doesn't even rhyme. Is that because <laughs> that person drank too much rye whiskey? You're just you just have total That's like Woody license Guthrie. to. That's Woody. It's I mean it's a it's traditional person, song, but that, that is Woody, the Woody Guthrie version that I'm singing. Yeah. Well, now I feel bad. <laughs> I don't feel that bad. Let's jump no, into should. the quick burns. Uh, Trike sent us this first story at the Quick Burns thread. Thank you to everybody who sends us stories at the Quick Burns threads. Uh, Sci-fi is to adapt George R.R. Martin's short story Night Flyers into a series. Seems like not a lot of material to support a series since it's basically his version of Alien, but maybe they'll get into the other stories in the same universe. And mm. it is just a pilot. So I guess we'll see where it goes. And and maybe the fact that it doesn't have that much material could be a good thing. I mean, all of Haven was built on a Stephen King short story. Sometimes that's better for the writers of the show because they're not as locked in as they are in something like Game of Thrones. 
Yeah, uh, Executive Vice President of Scripted Development for NBC Universal Cable Entertainment, Bill McGoldrick. I was going to say Goldrick. It's Bill McGoldrick says, uh, We are looking forward to diving deeper into George R. R. Martin's chilling world of night flyers. The script that Jeff delivered, that is Jeff Bueller, uh, encapsulates this classic sci-fi horror story and adapts it to a platform where we can truly explore the depths of madness. Madness. Also, I should disclose that my wife works for Fandango, which is part of NBC Universal's entertainment. This isn't DTNS. No one cares. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's the problem with America today. Right there. We just don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, moving on uh, Silvana I would like thank you Tom Tom's fiddling around with the spreadsheet that has no, all I, our I stories in it I couldn't I, I was, that was like, like a bull at a china shop there for some reason I was, like, just... I was like the column is too skinny I can't read the word no I uh, accidentally did that sorry Silvana says Locus Award winners have not read the novel winners, not really interested, as I am one of the very few not impressed with Three Body Problem. But ah. I read oh, but I read the novelette winner, <laughs> Alyssa Wong, has a unique style and plan to read the novella winner too. Special mention to Cameron Hooley, uh, Hurley. Oh my god, I did not drink this much. I know I literally know Cameron <laughs> That's Hurley. The problem. Throw a little more of that rye back and you won't make that mistake. Special mention to Cameron Hurley for best nonfiction work. You know, I have not read Death's End, which is the Locus Award winner for novel because it's later in the series. I've only read mm-hmm, Three Body mm-hmm. Problem. Uh, so I'll give you that. All the Birds in the Sky won Woo-hoo! fantasy novel, though, and that was our pick. And I've read The Fireman, which was the horror pick uh, or the horror winner uh, for Joe Hill. And that is a fantastic novel. That's supposed I to be highly so recommend good. it. Yeah. Did you you really like you really liked it? I did. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, it's. It's horror in that great psychological way that's got a lot of mystery in it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Very Stephen King-like, which makes sense because Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. That's right. He looks so much like him. It's like amazing. Stephen King. I know. Have you seen? Have you seen the pictures? There's actually mm-hmm. this great picture of them to like recently, and then there's a picture of them like 30 years ago, and Stephen King looks so much like Joe Hill in the current day photo in the mm-hmm. in the previous one. It's it's astonishing. It's really funny. The other winners here are great too. Alistair Reynolds won mm-hmm. for young adult book with Revenger. Uh, Yoon Ha Lee won for Nine Fox Gambit. For first novel, and Shauna McGuire won for novella with Every Heart a Doorway. Yep, and then of course uh, she also mentioned uh, "You'll Surely Drown Here If You Stay" by Alyssa Wong, which won for best novelette. So very cool, very good, good options out there. Gosh, you know, whenever these award lists come out, my to read list just grows and grows and grows. I know. Um, I really want to read Nine Fox Gambit. Which is one of the reasons why I'm so lucky that we just keep picking books that become winners so I don't have to go back and read them later. That helps. I've already read them because we picked them and then they won. Here's some more books for you. Ian just <laughs> found the Standard eBooks uh, project at standardebooks.org. They are Project Gutenberg books that have been typeset and cleaned up to make them easier to read. Project Gutenberg has been going on since the 90s. It is Mm -hmm, an effort mm -hmm. to take public domain books uh, that have no rights issues and turn them into ebooks. I I remember getting Project Gutenberg's library on shareware on a CD-ROM back in the day. Uh, So Standard Ebooks is trying to make it uh, nicer and cleaner for the current ebook 
way of doing things. Uh, Ian says, I have found the Princess of Mars and Armageddon 2419 AD, aka Buck Rogers, and many other cool old sci-fi and fantasy. This is a treasure trove of free books, Dracula, Frankenstein, etc. That's great. Yeah, really good resource for for very cool stuff. I wish more of that kind of stuff was actually on. Mm, I guess that doesn't really make any sense. I just wish there was more on Kindle Unlimited that was good. Maybe we can start a thread in Goodreads about books on Kindle Unlimited that are awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. Standardebooks.org, obviously, you can. the idea is you'd be able to take these books right. and put them on Kindle. Also, a lot of these public domain books are available for free on the Amazon store. Uh, you you mm, can buy okay. them on your Kindle. You can buy, quote unquote, them and not pay anything, which I think is an interesting service. But getting back to your point about Kindle Unlimited, I never make use of it, even though it's part of my Prime subscription, because I don't really I never know what's in there. I never run across something I want to read right then that's in there. Why is yours? Wait, what? It, it's available. It's part of your Prime subscription or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I had to pay separately. I pay like 10 bucks a month extra and well, I have prime. I'm probably wrong. I'm probably wrong. I probably got a free. You got Maybe that's something. why I never run across them. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's I'm why. paying for it. No, no. I, I swear I was signed up <laughs> for it at one one time and I, I would see things that were in it, but never the things that I wanted to read right then. Yeah. You know, I've actually found a lot of good like educational kind of resources for stuff like coding or for product management, mm-hmm. or for, um, I found some good mindfulness books on there. Maybe it's just better for that kind of stuff. Yeah, I then. think it just might be better for that kind of stuff. I have seen there, it has recommended to me some really raunchy looking romance stuff, let me tell you. So it's 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 keeping up on my 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 likes and and whatnot from the other book clubs. Ah, um, okay. But it's, uh, but I, I haven't uh, dared, dared dig too deep down that hole. Ah, Nathaniel says, just seen this, a Foundation TV series. Skydance Television is closing a deal with the Asimov estate to try turning Foundation into a sprawling TV series. And it's not the first time somebody has tried, uh, Mm -hmm. but Skydance uh, are the folks who have The Walking Dead, uh, and 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 they're they're good at this stuff. Put it that way. David S. Goyer and Josh Friedman are going to have a crack at it, and. I wish them the best because I really would like to see a good adaptation of this. Yeah. uh, According to this article, uh, Asimov's trilogy has been tried numerous times as a feature film at Fox, Warner Brothers with Bob Shea and Michael Lynn, the guys who greenlit The Lord of the Rings, and then at Sony with Independence Day director Roland Emmerich. Mm, A lot of people, I personally love Roland Emmerich, but I don't defend the stories that I love about <laughs> by Roland Emmerich, uh, because I like to see Roland Emmerich blow up the world. So I'm not sure the Foundation series would best be served by Roland Emmerich, particularly. Uh, so I get why some people were afraid of that and glad that that didn't pan out. But uh, yeah, uh, Skydance I think would would be a a good. I don't know. I think they would be have have a good shot at this. And then finally today for Quick Burns, um, I added this link. Uh, This was from a friend of mine over in uh, part of the XOXO community, which is a group of technologists and future people and designers and people in the art world and musicians. Super cool stuff. Um, But they are doing a call for submissions. I'll just read the first paragraph. 
Utopian dreamers, otherworldly explorers, and psychonautic adventurers, scholars, activists, students, and critics, we are officially inviting submissions for a new collaborative writing project that combines critical perspectives and creative possibilities. Drawing inspiration from Uneven Earth, an online magazine for political ecology established in 2015, we are excited to announce the launch of a new section dedicated to science fiction and utopian imaginings. The goal of this new section will be to regularly showcase new, original, creative, and critical reflections to foster intimate and productive conversations across the intellectual and creative arts. So you can head over to the uh, to www.unevenearth.org and check it out. But they are looking for pieces about utopian dreams or dystopian nightmares, explorations of queer, feminist, decolonial, Afrofuturist, anarchist, luxury communist, degrowth, and post-capitalist ecologies, conversational conversations between science fiction and political ecology, social, environmental, and climat- climatic justice, climatic, climatic, Clim- like climate justice, mm, mm-hmm. not climax, not climax. I would imagine. <laughs> well, or, or, you know, no judgment. Yeah. And or fictional renderings of field experiences and or relevant research topics. So this just sounded really cool. And I mean, we just came back from Bacon where the, the theme was utopia, dystopia. Um, so I thought it, it blended well into that. So if you're interested in submitting something, uh, there the deadline is September 22nd, uh, the autumnal equinox in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, so you have a little bit of time, but it's it's good to check it out and start thinking about it now. Luxury communism. Yeah, I like that. Am hmm. I a lu- luxurious communist? Maybe. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know what to think of that. I've always wanted to be a psychonaut, though. <laughs> uh, psychonauts is a good game. Yeah. Well, just, you know, to be traveling through the psyche. Mm-hmm. 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 I like that. All right. Well, thank you to everyone, as always, for submitting your stories to our Quick Burns. You can add to that thread over at goodreads.com sword and laser. Look for Quick Burns. All right. Well, now it is time for Bury Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Our first post comes from Basil, or could be Basil, but if you're English, it's Basil. Hi, everyone. I love the idea of a fantasy setting that is actually our far future where science and technology has either been lost or abandoned. I started a list to collect such books. If you guys know of any that fit the bill, please add them. Uh, we're going to be talking with N.K. Jemison next week about the Broken Earth trilogy. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's go with that. Travis mentioned that as well. And of course, uh, Canticle for Leibowitz springs to mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David mentions our elements in Joe Abercrombie's First Law trilogy. And The Grim Company by Luke Skull uh, fits that too. There's uh, mentions of the Shannara series by Terry Brooks and the Lost Sword series by Fred Saberhagen. Uh, fit your criteria. That's from Phil. Um, and then Viriconium, Viriconium, according to Rick, also fits the bill. That Prince is Prince a- of Thorns, according to Rebecca. Oh. Some of these are spoilers in a way by telling you that this fits the, the genre, but it's cool. Ah, fascinating. Yes. And there's a whole list, a listopia that he has started. Um, there's some great stuff on here. So check this out. I think it's a very cool kind of genre discussion as well. I didn't I've never really thought of post-science as being a genre, but I guess it totally is. Right. It's not just post-apocalyptic. 
Because post-apocalyptic could still have science, right? Right. Science this is could, like, but what if it? What if science gets wiped out in the apocalypse? Then you've got. I don't a know if it's particular. necessary necessarily post-science. I think it's. I think it's more post-technology or post. Post-high technology. That's even more sure. precise, I think. Yeah. Right, because it's because even if the scientific theory kick stays around, which it did in Canonical for Leibowitz, mm-hmm. uh, the the technology goes away. In fact, not to spoil Canonical of Leibowitz, but there is an element to it of the fact that the science still is there, right? But the technology was so obliterated that they can't make use of the science. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure that out. I and yeah. that was one of my favorite parts of the book, actually. Also, because I was like, eh, I understand things that these people don't. <laughs> you just felt superior to everyone felt, in Mechanical for Leibowitz. <laughs> yeah. I liked it because I felt superior to the dumb monks who didn't know science. The dumb, stupid monks that couldn't figure out what their <laughs> freaking paper said. Although, you know, honestly, like if someone was like, okay, sure, you understand how the science, how you understand what the science is. Now make it work, dummy. Yeah. Good luck. No, I know, right? Figure out how to make a plane fly, Belmont. <laughs> I, feel I, like. know, I know lift and flapperons and aerons, but I couldn't go out and build a plane right now. Right? Uh, I can barely build a fire. That's not true. I'm awesome. That's I can barely build up confidence. That was really sad. I know. You took <laughs> know, it sad. Probably, that was probably sadder than I intended. Whatever. I'm totally going to get eaten by bears this weekend. I really hope that this is <laughs> no, like, I, I just want to say this. So if it does happen... Then everyone can be, be like, like a really, oh really God. sad episode. Oh my God. She totally talked about how she was going to be eaten by bears. And then she was. Like, yeah. Um, here's the problem with that, Veronica. First of all, it'll be make this episode really super creepy. Mm-hmm. Second of all, as a publicity stunt, I it love won't that. work because you won't be here to do any more shows. But I mean, you're, the show will be out there. Tom, think yeah. about how much more famous you'll be if your co-host gets eaten by I a bear. I don't want to be famous and you for, my, for you it. being eaten by a bear. I really, really don't. <laughs> I was just saying this could open up a lot of doors for you. Don't get eaten by a bear. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm going to search out for bear encounters. I'm not no, going to go I looking for bear encounters. I need you to promise me not to get eaten by a bear. Tom is furiously writing the title of the show, which is definitely going to be ba- no, yep, it is bear definitely related. going yep, to be don't bear, get eaten by a don't bear. Don't get eaten by a bear. That's uh, that's the just, title of the show now. Because if you don't know this, uh, I write the show titles usually in cooperation with Veronica, and then she mm-hmm. has to make the album art. So I'm making this the title so that it will ingrain into her psyche not to get eaten by a bear. Well, now I have to find a picture of myself where I'm looking scared at something with a giant clip art of a bear. So that's great. There's the rest of my night. Anywho. Hey, speaking of dressing up, which we weren't. Oh, my gosh. This was the most amazing thing ever. So Tom was able to go to Nerdtacular this year. I wasn't able to go, sadly. I was very sad. Um, But I was overjoyed my heart was bursting just bursting with love because i was sent a photo of our our dear listener and friend of the show um (laughs) jennifer pruitt i'm cracking up because i'm looking at this photo right now and it kills me jennifer pruitt who is geeky awesome jen on twitter and her amazing family with their son dressed as baby lem I can't believe I was at Nerdtacular and did not run into them while they had baby Lem in their arms. I I talked to Jennifer and Chris uh, because Jennifer 
is one of our supporters at the level where she gets to check out a book from Lem's library every month. Mm -hmm. And I hand delivered it to her at Nerdtacular, but I totally missed Baby Lem. I can't believe you. I cannot believe you missed Baby Lem. I am like, I cannot believe it. But anyway, there's an amazing picture. I retweeted it on the Sword and Laser Twitter account. And it just it warms my heart so much. She she also she knitted me a lem a few years ago or knit. She knit me a lem a few years ago. And it's one of my favorite possessions. And I have it, it sits right behind me on my on my bookshelf. I Looking have at him right. He's literally right over my right shoulder right, right now. And I would have so loved a picture with her baby lem. And I'm next time, I guess I'm just happy to have the picture and it really made my day. And so thank you. It made me feel better about not being there a little bit, though. I kind of wanted to be there more. There there aren't going to be any more. I know. I know. Well, you'll just have to every year. You'll just have to build a larger and larger lem costume until finally when he's like a grown ass man. And I like bump into him on the street and I'm like, it's you. (laughs) Finally, he's like a 35 ma'am. You're a very old lady. Get away from me. Um, but it was very cute. So thank you uh, to, to Jennifer and her beautiful family again for making an adorable costume. And make. I'll, I'm going to embed this on the website uh, for the show, show notes so you guys can see it because it's great. You should embed that. I will un, I will embed it. I will embiggen it and embed in it. <laughs> hey, regarding episode 297 of Sword and Laser, J.F. Dubow tweeted, how about scotch butterscotch? I know you eventually went there, but. Did we go there? I don't remember that. Oh, well, you put this in the lineup. I don't remember at all. Well, I figured you knew what he was talking about because nope. A, you just saw him, and B, because we you did not were talking discuss about butterbeer. We talked about butterbeer. Nerdtacular. Oh, okay. So what we is were Scotch discussing butterscotch? Writing. We were discussing very weighty matters. So what is Scotch butterscotch? Do you even know? Well, I guess it would be butterbeer with scotch in it. Oh, but then but he says scotch butterscotch. Is it scotch with butterscotch in it? Yeah. Is it butterscotch well, butter that's scotch is butter, flavored? Butterbeer is butterscotch flavored oh, all right. soda. So you just put scotch in it. Okay. Seems reasonable. Yeah. It's a good idea. It is Not a good idea. I'm trying to say it isn't. I think it would be too sweet. Is it too sweet? No. No, butterbeer is great. All right. I get it. Nothing okay. wrong with butterbeer. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, now we are going to talk... We're going to kick off, rather, because it's still very early in the month, The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula K. Le Guin. Ursula Krober Le Guin, born October 21st, 1929 in Berkeley, California. Now, we've we've actually talked about Ursula Le Guin before because we did mm-hmm. The Wizard of Earth, Earthsea. Mm-hmm. But the thing to remember about The Left Hand of Darkness is, although it has fantasy elements to it, uh, it is not a fantasy novel. It is a science fiction novel. And it is actually, in, and, and we talked about this a little bit with Wizard of Earthsea, and it's almost the opposite of that, in that this is the quintessential sword and laser book, except where Wizard of Earthsea was mostly fantasy with a little mm-hmm. science fiction. Mm-hmm. This is science fiction with quite a nice dollop of fantasy in it. So what do you, th- I mean, have you read this before? I have not. I am a couple hours into the audiobook so far and enjoying it. Same audiobook uh, narrator as the Golem and the Ginny. George Guidal. Yes. Yeah, who also has done plenty of really... Cla- I think he did some Game of Thrones, is that right? Mm, Dark Tower? Dark I don't, Tower. Yeah, I don't think it was Game of Thrones. Dark Tower, I think. Game, wasn't Game of Thrones Simon Vance? Maybe, For the most yeah. part, I think he was like mostly... Someone's going to correct me on this. I think Simon no, I think Vance was, was like mostly Game of Thrones, except for like maybe one or two books. It was... One uh, book. 
It was it was definitely Dark Tower. He was one of the two authors. Oh, I forgot to say, Tom, I saw the trailer for Gunslinger in the theater the other day, and it looks so good. Tom. I'm looking up. Yes. I'm talking also, about the thing George you love Guidal the best. also did the American Gods TV tie-in uh, audiobook. Oh. I think it's just the regular book, but they call it that. Uh, so, so really, you thought it looked good? Yeah, it looked amazing. No? I'm I'm afraid. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I had no idea until just now and how I see yeah. oh, we've talked your about eyes. it a lot on Cord Killers. Okay. All right. So I'm 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 retreading well-worn territory here. For me, not for, for you. not okay. for everyone else in the audience. But but yeah, uh Brian's even more afraid. Brian Brushwood, my co-host on Cord Killers, even more afraid. Uh because it's not that anything we see looks bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually having them confirm that this movie isn't taking the books and turning it into a movie. It's picking up in a way that I won't expand upon uh, makes it for those of us who have read the entire Dark Tower series feel much better. So I read I read I read the Dark Tower. Have you read the ending? Have you read the final book? No, I read the yeah. first book in seventh grade. And so I do not remember almost anything. Oh, you'll be fine then. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I, 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 I wildly digress. Um, Left Hand of Darkness was published in 1969, won the Hugo and Nebula Awards boom. in 1970. Mike drop. Ursula Mike drop. Her subsequent novel, The Dispossessed, made her the first person to win both the Hugo and Nebula Awards for Best Novel twice. Mike drop. For the same two books. Uh, she has also won the World Fantasy Girl. Award more than once. And uh, if you didn't get the introduction to The Left Hand of Darkness in your edition, that was added into the 1976 edition. They have it in the audiobook. It's very good. It's very good. It lays out the case for science fiction being important without having to be predictive. Uh, she calls science fiction a thought experiment. And I really love that introduction. I think it's fantastic. I have to say, I I enjoyed the introduction more than I've enjoyed the first part of the book, frankly. So I'm still waiting to warm up to it. Get it? Warm up. I don't understand why is that funny. Because the planet's called winter. It's a planet's called winter. Spoiler. The planet's... uh, Why is that a spoiler? Why is that a spoiler? something in the book that happened. Oh, oh, he's still feeling sensitive. Look at his face. (laughs) I'm not making that mistake again. He's so sensitive. I'm just telling you. All right, we won't say anything about the book at all. Um, Though it is, it is, yeah, it's beautifully written so far. Spoiler, Um, and (laughs) (laughs) and it uses words. Spoiler, spoiler. Um, But I, I am. I, 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 yeah, it's taken me a, it's taken me a hot minute. I, I, I heard something similar from someone else who was also listening to the audiobook, so maybe that's the problem. Oh, really? I'm not sure. Maybe. so I'm going to yeah, obviously I'm, I'm giving it some more time. I, I'm, yeah. I'm having a good time, but it is one of those books where it can be hard to remember who the people are, mm-hmm, if that mm-hmm, makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, some sometimes, you know, you, you have a name that's really easy to remember and characters like in, in Becky Chambers, where it's very clearly like, well, that person's human and this person is very clearly not. And we spent some time talking about her lizard scales. So now I know who they are. Uh, and, and you don't really have that. And that's not a weakness in the book. It's just the, a function of the characters. Uh, it, it can be a little hard with an audiobook, I think, to to internalize those sometimes. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, but I'm excited to read it. And it, it seems like a really cool, like the world building already is, is phenomenal. And even the kind of discussions of the the history, the the mythology of the world is, is very interesting. Um, so I'm enjoying that bit. I just need to warm up to the characters a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really funny once you've read the book. It'll be hilarious about ten percent in cackling to yourself once you've started this book. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's actually really uh, it it it's 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 a slow burn <laughs> to get started in this book. I think, uh, but yeah, oh, Left Hand of Darkness so by funny. Ursula K. Le Guin. Go pick it up, read it. It's a classic. Uh, it's good, and it involves um, uh, it, it, it involves as Ursula, Ursula K. Le Guin, and and a lot of people in in that era were doing. It involves a lot of gender bending uh, and and uh, subverting expectations about sexuality and gender, uh, which I I find fascinating as well. All right. Well, hopefully you guys are picking it up and reading it along with us. The discussion has already started over on Sword and. Goodreads.com slash sword and laser. Rather, we do not host our own forums on our website. Not um, yet. But uh, nor do we host our own tip jar. You can visit that over on patreon.com slash sword and laser. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. And you can learn more over at patreon.com. Look for sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about in our show notes, but also collected in one big massive page of book suggestions. Not that you're short for ideas, but if you just want to be inspired and have that experience of browsing through a bookstore, but it's the Sword and Laser bookstore, go to swordandlaser.com slash picks. And hey, by the way, I have a new podcast that's out there in the world. If you want to check it out, yes, I'm going to do a little bit of self-promotion here. It's called IRL, and it's uh, produced in conjunction with Mozilla. And we talk about all sorts of hot-button internet topics, such as you know data security, net neutrality, trolls is going to be episode number three. Um, so the first episode is out already, and the next episode is going to be coming out uh, next Monday, so you can subscribe and still not have too much to catch up on. Uh, We are going to do seven episodes in this first season. But if you like it and want to leave me a review on iTunes, I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much. I think what she's saying is when you're leaving a review for Sword and Laser Mm -hmm. uh, on iTunes, give a review for IRL at the same time. You don't even have to say anything. You can just leave, you know, the number of stars you think it's worth to you You in your heart. You don't have to waste time writing things. That's fine. We know. I mean, you you can. You can do it. We're not going to tell you. We're not boss you around. Yeah. We're just saying you don't have to. Yeah. And also, I've got a new podcast coming with Rob Reed. Oh, that's right. Do you want to talk about it? Uh, there's not a lot to say yet, but mm-hmm. keep an eye on after-on.com.com.com, dot com, dot com, uh, where Rob that's Reed and That's a weird URL. I, dot com, dot com, dot com. <laughs> Rob Reed and I are going to be doing an eight-episode podcast about his forthcoming novel, After On. Yes, it's dot com. After-on.com. Keep an eye out there. Get in touch with us at feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. Our actual forums are at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.
This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. 